Hello, this is Dr. Gary Sherman, the Heart Guy, and I welcome you to our exciting and informative podcast titled The Heart Guy Presents The Heart of the Matter, bringing you interesting discussions and conversations related to the vast and important subject of heart disease and heart failure and everything related to that in today's ever-changing world. You need to hang on to your seats because my guest today has an energy level that is off the charts, and I'm extremely honored to have as my special guest an amazing leader and contributor to the kidney transplant and global communities, Joe Bueno. Joe is the president and founder of Transplant Warriors 24-7, which means he's always busy, and he is a patient advocate for kidney transplant at UNC Chapel Hill. Joe actively works with people to achieve their goals to get to transplant. Joe, welcome to The Heart Guy Presents The Heart of the Matter. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. Oh, sure. This is our pleasure. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw you a softball first, Joe. What kind of kid were you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, I was a wild one, uh, always riding quads, bungee jumping, skydiving. Um, I was all about the adrenaline rush of speed and going through everything I've gone through. It's I feel like it's the same exact oh, that's thing. That's interesting. So those are all the things that I will not dare to do and have never dared to do. You know, I would sooner probably have the open heart surgery than bungee jump, but... <laughs> But to each his own, I, I say, you know. So, um, exactly. <laughs> so, Joe, when did you first realize that you had an issue with your kidneys? Um, I was actually a DJ on a radio in Orlando, Florida, and uh, I was having really bad back pains. With me being in construction, owning my own business for such a long time, I just thought it was something as simple as that. And my mom called me up and said, you know, why don't you fly home and let's check it out with the doctors? So I did that and come to find out, you know, they did blood work and a bunch of other tests and they were like, you have cancer. And I was like, what? Cancer? To be honest with you, I couldn't even speak. I was lost for words. Um, I had a friend with a friend of mine with me. She asked all the questions and I was stuck. And they told me if I didn't do, uh, you know, if, if it was, it was, might be possible, even if I did 13 months of chemo, that I would have three to five years to live. And that destroyed me. It just put me in such a rut. You know, I, I did the chemo and it was hard. And a friend of mine came over one day and said, Joe, he saw, I, I gave up. I, I just, chemo, chemo was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. And uh, he came over and he said, Joe, listen, I see, I seen you fight over the stupidest things in the world. <laughs> And now when you need to fight, you're not fighting. And he got up and walked out of my house. This man just came in my house, yelled at me, mm -hmm. and left. Yeah. So I called him up two days later, and I was like, you know, what do you want me to do? He's like, get ready. Tomorrow we're going to go to the gym, and we're going to fight. And we're not going to stop fighting until this is all gone. And I was like, okay. And ever since that day, I fought through everything. Um, I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to say, you know what, I'm giving in, I, I'm going to let dialysis or I'm going to let cancer define who I am. I took that and I stopped asking myself, why is why me? Why me? Why not me? Who am I? I'm no one special. So, you know, I, I took responsibility for what is happening to me. I took accountability and I just fought through everything. I, I don't know how to quit. That's just been my model since the first day of, of yeah, The first thing that you said about the back pain is interesting because the only symptom that I had when I needed uh, an aortic valve replacement back in 1998, my only symptom was lower back pain. I've never, yeah. in fact, with everything I've been through with my heart, I've never had a chest pain. So this, the back pain is is such an interesting uh, symptom of either heart disease or kidney disease. It seems to keep showing up. And, oh, and the yeah. other thing I want to mention quick, real quick is that you say you're no one special, but you are. 
certainly someone special. So uh, don't don't forget about that. But yeah, it does take a certain amount of determination and a realization that we are the most important part of our recovery. And we have to decide that we're going to come up and, and do what we have to do to get through it and to live a life where it might be a different life, but it's going to be a good life uh, once we get through the, the toughest parts. What was life uh, like on, on dialysis? What what worked for you and what did not? Um, dialysis, it's its own beast. I mean, I, I've said it many times to people. I said, I'd rather have gone through chemo all over again. Dialysis puts a number on you mentally and physically. Mentally, you know, you walk into a dialysis center and you see everyone just laying there and they all look like they're waiting to die. And it, it's a mental game, first and foremost. If you're not educated about dialysis, like when I started dialysis, no one explained dialysis to me. I literally had to go figure it out. So through my journey, I, I actually wrote down journals every day, every time I was on dialysis. Even when I wasn't on dialysis, I made a journal exactly how I was feeling, what works for me, what didn't work for me. And it took me about two years of being non-compliant to actually figure dialysis out. People say, oh, you know, you can't do anything on dialysis, you're always tired. But for me, what works for me and what's working for all the warriors that I'm working with today is if you get up and you find your, a good renal diet that you can follow, if you exercise, and when I say exercise, I'm not asking you to walk a mile, I'm not asking you to walk two miles. Eventually, one day you will get to that point, but just walk, keep active and get your, get your body in shape because you're sitting there. You know, and you're running at, at a 400 to 600, uh, depending on how many chairs are in the thing and, and, and the centers and, you know, and how quickly they could get you in and out. Because first and foremost, dialysis is a business and people f- tend to forget that. You know, everyone thinks the dialysis is supposed to, the dialysis center is supposed to get you the transplant and everything else. No, they're there to clean your blood and make sure you're still alive for the next treatment. That's all they're there. That's their job. Anything else is an added bonus. But dialysis put a a toll on me where once I got in shape, it didn't bother me anymore. And once I found a healthy diet and I stuck to a regimen, like drinking only 30 ounces a day. But if I I worked out and I sweat, I could drink more fluids. And you you really have to figure all that out for yourselves because everyone's different. Are there no guidelines, really? I mean, everybody has to figure it out? Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, now that from what I see at dialysis, they're starting to help out a little bit more. But nothing compared to where I get you. I, I'll actually walk you through every step of the way of dialysis. Where first when I come in, come in, I explain dialysis to T. I try to make people understand, you know, you got to learn your machine. You got to understand what every bell and whistle that goes off is. You should know everything about your disease and why you're in the predicament that you're in. You know, it's no one's fault for the most part, you know, unless you did heavy drugs or steroids or something like that, then you could have contributed to it. But nine times out of 10, you know, it happens, yeah. you know, it's, it's just one of those things. But I mean, you just got to figure it out with me. I walk into a, a pattern. I watch, I observed them for about three weeks. And when I tell you, I observe them, I literally go to your house. I walk with you. I sit down and I show you how to cook your meals differently. And these are the things that work for me. It might not work for you. You might say, you know what? I don't want this meal. I want that. And this is part of the plan. I'm giving you ideas that work for me. And that has worked with 38 of my warriors that have been transplanted and have been through the same thing I did, but in a quicker time. I waited seven years to get a transplant. The people that I've helped had maybe waited two years. They were on dialysis five years. I got them on a list in three months with dropping over 100 pounds to get on the list. And 
a year and a half, two years later, they're transplanted where they couldn't even get there. So without have me. you recruited other people to also do what you do or are you doing this all by yourself? Right now, I I have uh, actually I have three liver patients, not including Maureen. My girlfriend got a liver transplant two and a half years ago. She's my co-founder. And, uh, you know, I have three other warriors that got liver transplants that I I worked on before I met Maureen and all my kidney patients are all there for if you need anything from any anything that I've shown them, they will show it to everyone else. So everyone actually came back to pay it forward, which is awesome. I can call them at any given time. They actually come down to my house and sleep over a majority of the time because they want to go play golf or they want to do something. And I say, hey, come on down for the weekend. We'll go play golf or do something. Amazing. It, it, it's a great feeling when they, when they call and they... Hey, Joe, listen, thank you. I don't believe I do anything. You know, the warrior does, each person does their own work. They do, they go through the hard work to get there. I just point them in the direction. You don't have to listen to me. So, I mean, technically speaking, all I'm doing is putting you in a direction with tough love to get you where so you need to So the end game, if you're on dialysis, the end game is probably to get a transplant. And certainly there are challenges with regard to that. Is there a process that one needs to be aware of to get on the transplant list? The, um, the process is 95% of these hospitals want you under a 40 BMI. That's, you know, your body mass, you know, and that's tough for a lot of people. Like I, we were discussing before, I just picked up seven more clients or seven more warriors and they're the ages between 55 and 65 years old. So my job is to get them on that list before they hit 69 years old, because if not, they can't get a cadaver kidney. I believe 70 years old is the limit for the majority of these hospitals. But we get them if they have a friend or a family member that wants to give them a kidney. We could do it that way. But it kind of limits them to what they can have. My goal is within a year of working with me, I'm getting you a transplant. I'm pushing. I'm advocating. I'm calling the hospital. I'm calling the transplant center. And I tell everyone I work with, I had four transplant hospitals that I was listed at. And I do that be, did that because you get a better chance to get through the process quicker. Five of my warriors that just got transplanted. They were all at the same hospital. And I was like, listen, you guys got to do me a favor. Go sign up to another hospital now. And they were like, why? You know, I can't get there. I said, you don't need to get there. Just send the paperwork there. The hospital that they're at, they don't want to lose that patient. So now they're going to push for you knowing that you're going to go somewhere else. Because that's a lot of money. That's a half million dollars, $750,000 for the transplant. Plus every the yearlies. And uh, in the beginning, you had to go there. My first month there, I drove three and a half hours to go to my transplant hospital, to UNC, to get my stuff and my blood work done, everything else, my MRI, everything. So, I mean, these, this is just money on top of money. And people just have to understand, this is a business. You know, you're looking for a service. You, you want the best service. You want you want action. You don't want to sit there and just wait and dwell and be another number. You, you want to make a name for yourself. I used to call my transplant hospital at least four or five times a day. But, hey, listen, anything, anything? I mean, by the time I went there to meet them for the first time, they all knew me. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? It was just, you had to advocate for yourself. You're in search of a, a product that they have. So you want the best of the best. And what I did is I went to the four best hospitals around. And I said, all right, now I'm locked in. And they all fought for my business. You know, I, I, I got seven calls in seven years. One, I, one of my calls, it was actually my fifth call. I actually gave up the kidney. I was a 98% match. Three of us got called for two kidneys, and it was the best ones. The best two would get the kidneys. And, uh, I found out this day, for some reason, we were all together, and usually they separate you. And the guy next the next door to me, his parents were talking to the doctor out in the hallway. He was 17 years old, 
and wasn't taken to dialysis well. And I could see it. I went to my doctor and I said, listen, I'm leaving. I'm signing out. I want my kidney to go to him. And he was like, Joe, you're a 98% match. He's only 96. I'm like, He's, it's his kidney. I'll see you later. And I walked out. I lived, I lived a great life. But once I figured out what I had to do by getting in shape and eating right and watching my fluid intake, it wasn't bothering me. And he's like, it could be another year before you get a transplant. I'm like, so be it. It's not my time. I can't watch this kid go to dialysis and suffer. I lived a great life. If today's the last day and I die tomorrow, yeah. I lived a great life. I have no regrets yeah. to this day. Yeah, it's an attitude that. that very few people can understand. I've kind of been lucky to go through that as well because I indeed did have a great life when things looked the most bleak, uh, in my case, for my heart. So I think that in some way, you know, inspires us uh, to do better for ourselves and, and certainly to help others. So, so many people on dialysis seem to give up hope. It's because there aren't enough kidneys or because of the difficulty of the process or all of that. Why do so many seem to give up hope? Well, I mean, dialysis is own beast. Like I said before, it, it puts a toll on you. And a lot of people are, oh, I can't do it. I can't. It's easier to say I can't do something than actually do it. Because when you actually do it, you actually have to do work. You have to fight for yourself. And too many people don't want that. People, people nowadays, they expect it. Oh, I should just be given this. Well, you know what? I don't think so. I think you should fight for it. So it's like, like I tell my, my words and listen. When a teacher gives you, a teacher can start off by giving you an A, but you didn't earn that A, so you don't know how to maintain that A. So it's twice as hard to maintain that A than actually earn that A. You can earn an A quicker and maintain it with no problems because you knew how hard it took to get to that A. When you're given something, you it was given. It, you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. So why should you keep it? I have warriors that have been transplanted twice. Well, what happened the first time? Two times. I didn't take my medicine. I, I drank too much. I did this and, and all these excuses. And I'm like, and you expect them to give you another kidney? You ruined it. I mean, you had a chance. You had two chances, but yet you're still getting other ones. And there's other ones that just fail because yeah. it happens. Nothing's 100%. But, you know, I believe you have to earn, you have to fight for everything you want in this world. And, you know, is it hard? Absolutely. It's the hardest thing in the world. And that's the first thing I tell them. I said, what you're about to endure it's going to be the hardest fight of your life. But if you fight and you give it your all, I guarantee you, you'll see results and you'll change. Your lifestyle will change yeah. for the better and you'll get your transplant and you'll move forward. But if you just think, yeah, yeah I'll just skate by and, you know, I'll just sit on dialysis and, you know, what, I, I might as well just quit anyway because not, not, no one's listening to me because I deserve this. I deserve that. What, do you, what did you do to deserve that? In every Nothing. aspect of life, change Change seems to be the most difficult thing for people to, to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, I, and I deal with it every day. Yeah. And, and what's good about me is, you know, I have my warriors that are 60 years old, and I bring them in right away. When I get a, a younger guy in or a younger female, I don't have to fight for this. They should just give me one. Well, you have to lose 120 pounds. I don't know why my weight has anything to do with it. Well, you're in high risk now. You have diabetes, you have heart, a heart condition, and how are you supposed to make it through transplant? You know, and that's what they don't realize is other factors into just transplant. Just it's not they're gonna knock me out, they're gonna take up they're gonna disconnect my kidney and give me a new kidney and that's it. Well there's other factors. Yeah, you this. can't start out heavy because those drugs take a toll and you only get you only oh, get, they take a yeah, you toll. only get heavier after it's done. I gained I gained eighty pounds after my wow, transplant. Yeah, I know. My it, doctors it was crazy. My doctors warned me plenty, just get down as fit as you can be, uh, because afterwards it's a it's a bit of a battle with the weight. So uh 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm blessed, you know, in the past I've been training, getting back to where I need to be. I was, I lost 30 pounds in two and a half right. months, but that's a strict diet. That's working out every day. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Plus I got my warriors and everything else. You know, it's, it's tough to balance everything out, but you just got to give yourself at least a half hour a day and say, you know what? This half hour is my time and I need to handle for right. Joe. And that's yeah. it. And you can't help any anybody else if you're not, you know, well yourself. You form the Transplant Warriors 24-7. It's a 501c3 foundation. How does one start a foundation like that? How did you do that? I actually, uh, I teamed up with a bunch of uh, high school friends. They found out what I was doing and, and they said, hey, can you come back to Jersey for a year and let's uh, let's get this thing launched. So they hooked me up with lawyers and uh, nonprofit lawyers, which they're awesome. Uh, Pulsinelli. They're out of New York and they're all over the world. Great group of people that helped us get through a lot of things. I've always told everyone, I said, you know, the nonprofit side is the hardest thing you could possibly go through. I ran four successful businesses, you know, throughout my years. And that was nothing compared to this. This is a whole different beast. Uh, But I love what I do. I I wake up every morning at 4.30 in the morning every day so I can answer my emails and everything else. And I, I love it. I can't see myself doing anything else. But before you get into a nonprofit, really look into it because it's a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. So do you look for sponsors to help you bring awareness to kidney transplant advocacy? I do. And, I, you know, we're pushing – we've been looking for sponsors a lot lately. I mean, I've been emailing our press release, everything. And, and they're tough because they're like, oh, we only have a certain amount of money. And it's, it, I'm a, a newcomer in this whole thing. So what I, I started doing was I'm going as a grassroots where I'm hitting the local area. And so we can build up locally and then we'll expand bigger as we go. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, people are starting to not- notice me around town now. Hey, you're the trend. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. It's, and grassroots and organic uh, growth, that's just the way it has to be. And it's the best way to, it's the best way to do it too. I, I love it this way. We got the local, the local people in Charleston, South Carolina. They're great. They're, they really are. And they're always asking questions. And I don't mind answering them for you. You know, the more people that know about it and actually know about my story, you know, I, I took my steps onto physical therapy day and I had my shirt on and people asked me all through there, you know, what's your story? And I'm like, how much time do you have? <laughs> because my story is actually pretty large. You know, it's right. 18 years of fighting. And, you know, we, we just had to grin and bury and, and people are like, wow, you know, and I complain about having a limp. I complain about this. I'm like, listen, we all have our, our, um, our battles that we had to battle. Right. And I just don't know how to quit. I don't know how to give up. So I keep on pushing. Like I told you the other day, I had a, a heart attack three and a half weeks ago, driving back from my mother's memorial from Jersey. Yeah, I, I thought I heard you wrong when you told me that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that was my fifth heart attack. I knew I felt it coming. I just started using my meditation breathing while I was driving. I didn't want to make my girlfriend worried. So I was like, I can handle it. It's, it's, this one's not that bad. And, you know, as soon as I got home, I waited two days. Never wait two days. Um, don't keep on driving either. Don't even listen to me on this part. But, you know, when I got home, my doctor's like, can you please just go to the hospital? We're going to run some tests and I'll have you out by tomorrow. I don't like hospitals. I don't like staying in hospitals. And he's like, Joe, I promise you, just give me 24 hours and I'll get you out of here as soon as possible. I was like, no problem. And we made the agreement and I went in. 24 hours later, I was back in my house. Wow. 
That's so, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and it's good to have a good team of doctors that you can depend on and, and believe in, you know, that's a big deal. And there are differences, you know, so you really have to be in a, a self-advocate and find the right team that fits your uh, personality and so forth and your needs. Exactly. Um, so it's not something you can depend on others to do. You have to be your own advocate. What does the future look like for kidney donorship and the actual process of kidney transplantation as far as you have heard? From what I heard, it, it seems like it could be getting easier because they just actually found a study that uh, the kid, uh, kidneys do uh, are regenerating. I actually posted on our Transplant Warriors page, our Facebook page. They, they found out that uh, the kidneys do regenerate. So that's a huge positive in the right direction. I think if everyone just becomes a donor, really, and just checks that box, we, we can all help each other out. Don't waste what you have. Be that hero. Check that, check that box. I'm a donor. And, you know, they, they can't use the kidney, but whatever else I have, take it. And we talk about, you know, how many different organs in our body, uh, you know, somebody can actually donate. It's 50 or 70 at least. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That other people can benefit from and people don't realize that. And all you got to do is check that box off. It's it's very important for us to be able to save each other. And, you know, I, I honestly, I started Transplant Warriors 24-7 for my donor her name's kelly she was a, a a wife a mother a mother of three uh she had three boys a seven-year-old a nine-year-old and a 20-year-old and she died two weeks after her nine-year-old's birthday uh she had a massive stroke and saved five lives a day that i got transplanted so how i saw it was unc came to me six months prior to my transplant and said joe listen why don't you become a transplant coach there's not one out there you've been through every possible bad scenario that anyone could ever go through and you did it with a smile on your face. You know, unless someone asked you, no one knew I was on dialysis unless I told them. I was always upbeat, buck wild, still doing the same things I should have been doing, but still did them. But <laughs> I didn't want my, I didn't let my disease define who I was. I, I go to dialysis. It was, I actually made it as my part-time job. I, I have a part-time job. I go 15 hours a week and I go to this place. I get to sleep, eat, and my payments, my life. So where can I go get get paid, which is my life, and sleep, eat, watch TV, go on the internet, and have fun? You can't get to anywhere, and that that was my click. That's in my head made it so much better. Well, that's that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you have to look at the bright side, and you have certainly done that. So, how are you going to spend your summer? I'm going to spend my summer with my warriors. We have I have a lot of work to do. I have a uh, a few warriors that you know they have about a year to drop this weight. So I'm dedicating every day and every summer, except for the weekends, and we can go do extracurricular activities like golfing. Well, I, I'm going to dedicate this summer to my Warriors and get them all transplanted. That That's my goal. That is amazing. They're so lucky. And I've dropped 20 pounds. You'd be proud of me. I dropped 20 pounds in about uh, five weeks, and I'm working on another 10. I'd like to get a li another 10 off. Uh, I'm under the BMI for the transplant, but I still, you know, you want to, you want to be as fit as you can going in, and you also want to look good. You still want to hey, look listen, good. Listen, I went so. from 280 pounds to 197 pounds in three months to get on that list. And they're like, Joe, you're, you're good. You don't need to lose it. I said, I'm going to go down as far as I can. And when I went in for surgery, I was 197 pounds. Wow. That, you dropped a person right there. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So that's amazing. It, it was, it was, I mean, I gained 80 back after transplant with the water weight. But I mean, yeah. it, once I was able to walk really good and everything, it came mm -hmm. off in like two months. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good to know because a lot of yeah, I have some friends who have had their heart transplants, and the thing they 
they complain about the most is the bloating, you know, the, yeah. the waterway, especially. Well, Joe, it's been, it's been my great honor to have you as a guest on the heart of the matter. And folks, Joe is an example who lives 24 seven to give back to the global transplant community through his kindness, his personal effort, and the efforts of his foundation, Transplant Warriors 24-7. And on behalf of myself and our listeners, I thank you so much for all that you've done for our listening community and the global community with your incredible dedication to your work and your foundation. And Joe, for sharing this time with us. I hope that we can do this again soon. Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. And if anyone out there needs help with a kidney, liver, whatever transplant, give me a call. I'm sure my number is on, be on Gary's website. It's 973-931-8880, or you can visit us on uh, Facebook at Transplant Warriors 24-7. Come join. If you have any questions, give me a call. I'll answer the phone. My phone's on 24 hours a day, even though my girlfriend hates it. I love it, and uh, I love talking to new people. That is uh, such a nice, you know, you can't do better than that, everybody. Uh, you know, that's a great invitation. And yes, Joe, uh, we'll make sure to have the number and the website up on the notes for the podcast. Thank you again for being with us. So we'll do this again. I'm, and I'm going to take you up on the golf. For Let's sure. go. I'm ready. Let's go. That's our podcast for today. Please join me, Dr. Gary Sherman, the heart guy, next time for another intriguing, informative, and entertaining conversation. Please visit our website at www.drheart2heart.net. That's D-R-H-E-A-R-T, the numeral two, H-E-A-R-T.net for upcoming podcasts. Or if you'd like me to host an online presentation for your group or organization, I can do that. If you would like to be a guest on the Heart Guy Presents the Heart of the Matter podcast, please email me at theheartguyspeaks at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You just have to search The Heart Guy Presents the Heart of the Matter. And this is Dr. Gary Sherman, The Heart Guy, wishing you peace and hope.